How long is Devontae Adams' turf toe going to keep him out? What does Melvin Gordon's return mean for Austin Eckler? And should you be more concerned with Mark Andrews' foot injury than you probably are? Plus, the Week 2 overall leaders in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship, Chris and Andrew Whitney, drop by to talk about Sharky waiver wire ads, the Patriots' fantasy mess in their backfield, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Everybody, if you got what it takes, because I'm KR Reps and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. With the master Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what's the deal with Chris Godwin's hip? A Would You Rather with Scary Terry himself and Chris and Andrew Whitney, the father-son duo that led the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship heading into week three, joined the show to talk about how they put that behemoth together. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can post your questions you might have in there. Connect with us on Twitter at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA if you want to give us a call and chat. Facebook.com slash HSFFHour. And football at gmail.com is where to send all those emails. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, as well as our audio engineer and my best friend Bryce, will do their best job to get to the tweets, the emails, the questions, everything, and the fantasy feedback coming up uh, as we close out the show coming up in about uh, 45 minutes or so. Uh, exciting night for me last night, Dave. Got to uh, go to the Packers-Eagles Thursday night football game, live and in person at uh, legendary, historic Lambeau Field. And I got to tell you, I have uh, left the game. I've left games at Lambeau Field with some bad tastes in my mouth before, but that one was probably the foulest. Really, really rough. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it, Pocky. Um, I don't have much to say other than uh, the Packers are a fraud. <laughs> the defense was beating up on Little Sisters of the Poor, and Aaron Rodgers should uh, consider a career change. That was Aaron Rodgers' fault? Uh, it was everybody's fault. Cut them all, contract the team, moving on. They, did, they had first and goal at the one, right? First and goal at the one. And, and they threw four consecutive times. Yes, one was an RPO, so they could have run it. Rodgers chose not to, which is on him. Whatever. Yeah. Moving on. All right. Good win on the Eagles. Hey, good win for anybody who uh, loves Eric Balkman this week because you get a double shot of the Roto-Viz high-stakes lowdown this week. Two of them dropped. 
with uh, one with Bill Querbys, uh, who is third place in the Football Guys Players Championship, and another one with uh, Rob Vieira, ninth place in the FFPC main event. They're both available on Apple Podcasts, really anywhere you get podcasts. Also, rotoviz.com slash podcast, also available, available on the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well. So make sure you are checking those out. I want to open with breaking news, Dave. Breaking really? news. The rap sheet just reported this four minutes ago. He sent out a tweet. Antonio Brown signed with? No. Oh, forgot. Yeah, the uh, Arkham Asylum is, is where, where he's going to be catching footballs. No. Um, at NFL Total Access uh, on Twitter, and this was uh, tweeted by Ian Rappaport, there's a good chance that Chargers running back Melvin Gordon plays on Sunday, a change of the original plans. And we're going to get into this with our guests tonight who have Austin, uh, Austin, Weckler, Austin Eckler on their uh, football guys team that was leading everybody after week two. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but it, it looks like Melvin Gordon's going to play. Bad news for anybody who had Justin Jackson in as their flex, <clears throat> me, and are uh, going to have to get him out of there because he was in a walking boot today, Dave, and probably going to miss a few weeks of action. Melvin Gordon, you rolling him out there right away? Well, yeah, oddly enough, I have that decision in Carrington because I had Justin Jackson starting. Uh, I have... I think Le'Veon Bell on by or something. So I, I might have to start him. Otherwise, it was uh, my options weren't great. It was like uh, ProSize or some crap. Yeah, I picked up ProSize in a few leagues. By the way, I was just thinking about this before we went on the, on, on the air. Remember the old WCOF days in the early days of the FFPC where waivers just went through on Friday nights? There was no wa- Wednesday night waivers. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, we'd all be waiting anxiously on Friday night to see who we got. And now the Friday night waiver period is just kind of like uh, fixing up all the oops that yeah. you did on Wednesday. Yeah, I missed the kicker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. You just mentioned WCOF. And uh, Alex, we, I was on a conference call with Alex and Joe Bryant, David Dodds. Uh, we were talking about the football guys contest for next year. And Alex just was talking about something. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember in the old whack-off days, I ran the playoff <laughs> contest. And it's just so funny. Just the, the Al- I forgot that Alex calls it whack-off. Whack-off, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was laughing to myself. And now I'm laughing again. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. Uh, it, and I think the fact that it's Alex saying whack-off is, makes it even funnier. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it, he didn't think anything of it. So I mean, that's just how he says it all yeah. the time. So no, I like great. it. I, I'm, yeah. I Listen, I'm on board with the whack-off. Yeah. Uh, thanks to football guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Also... Uh, we, we can get into this a little bit. Um, I, I, this is more of a roster question, but Ian Rappaport reporting, and, as well as uh, John Terry in the chat room tonight reporting, uh, that Justin Jackson could miss a few weeks because of a calf injury. As I stated, he was in a walking boot after he got hurt in yesterday's practice. Um, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler seem to be controlling things now in the Chargers' backfield. Dave, are you willing to drop Justin Jackson in leagues with the bye weeks coming up? Uh, yeah, I think um... – in a redraft, I think he would make sense. I mean, if he's going to miss a few weeks, he's not, he was not that great of a player. And, yeah, clearly he's now the number three there. There's got to be somebody else you'd rather have. Yeah, and, well, like, and like you a might, defense. Yeah, and you might need some, you know, to, to use that as an extra roster spot on, on a defense or a quarterback or what have you coming up. And I don't even think Justin Jackson, quite frankly, was all that involved in the offense even when Gordon was out. So I'm not yeah. sure how much you're really missing out on here. Yeah, so true that. I'm on board with dropping him. Faux show. Uh, NFL.com's Ian Rappaport, busy guy tonight reports that Devontae Adams' uh, toe, turf toe, isn't believed uh, to be serious. Now, the quote from Rappaport, Adams had his MRI today, Friday, on his toe injury, and sources say it's not believed to be serious. The team will be careful with their star pass catcher, but if he misses time, it may not be much. Now, the Packers, after playing last night, are on a mini-buy now. They don't play again until next Sunday when they take on the Cowboys, who actually will be, I think they're the Sunday night game this week, so it'll be kind of a sort of a shorter week for them a little bit 
Um, Packers coming off a longer one. Dave, with turf toe, I don't know if you've ever dealt with it, but to I me, did, I did actually. Okay, do, do you think that ten days is enough for it to heal? I don't. They, he said in the post game interview last night he didn't even want to try putting a shoe back on. He was in so much pain. Yeah, I mean, granted, high school versus whatever, and you know these guys get world class rehab treatments, but I think you're looking. I if you if he was not able to play in a game where he was crucially needed at the end, yeah. he really was. They could have used him. Um, I think it's got to be a few weeks. I think it's one of those ones where he doesn't really practice much next week and then they rule him out and then he's like, oh, he's still day-to-day and maybe like week five or six, maybe six he comes back. I yeah. think it's going to be a few weeks. I, I, think I, they I, have a, I, I kicked in high school and I couldn't kick it. I, yeah. I, I, it was just, it was, yeah, it was pretty debilitating actually. I'm trying to think when the Packers have a bye. I think it is week seven, which will, would be interesting for Adams. But, I, you know, I look at this Packers offense now and, and how we, we deal with this for fantasy. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is, is more interesting uh, as, as a flex guy. Yeah, he was really annoying last night because I was hoping – now, the Eagles were down two corners, weren't they? They were down yeah. some – so I was hoping – They basically MVS, had three healthy corners. Yeah, I thought MVS would actually have a good game, and I, clearly they went only to Adams yeah. most, for the most part. Rodgers threw for 422 yards. He did spread it out. I mean, Jimmy Graham had 61 yards receiving. Geronimo Allison took his face off the milk cart, and he got in there for 52 yards. And Aaron Jones, I think, had like 30-some yards receiving too. Uh, so you look at um, the, this Dallas matchup, it's probably not going to be a good matchup next Sunday for week five, but um, Allison, I, I think, and MVS are probably going to be your two starters. Dallas's secondary is so good, though. I, it's going to be tough. I, you know, as tempting as it is to deploy those guys, it might be a weird uh, week of a lot of running the football for Green Bay. Yeah, and they're not very good at that either. No. Uh, did you see? Aaron Jones is not really that great of a running back. Can we make that are we clear? Yeah, he he has not shown me much this year. He looks undersized, I mean, not really as fast as an undersized guy should be. Right. And it sucks because I picked him up in a few dynasty leagues via trade, and uh, I'm not too happy about it. Even though he's putting up points, and Jamal Williams looks like he might have you know passed on last night almost. I mean, hopefully he's okay. He says he's okay. He said the only thing that was hurt was his pride. Yeah, well that's fine. So, so. I mean, so hopefully he's good. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's a. Uh, a lot of things there. Let's not dwell on it too much. I don't want to make you, you know. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Uh, but talking about Aaron Jones, six catches for like 30-some yards, plus he gets in the end zone last night. So from a fantasy perspective, he had to be pretty happy, even though he wasn't very efficient rushing the ball. Yeah, for sure. He was very involved in the passing game, and partially that's due to Jamal Williams missing time, right. I think. But um, he it, looked, I thought he looked pretty good catching the ball. Yeah, which was one of his bugaboos, sort of, catching the ball and pass pro. Uh, and, and he showed that he could do both last night. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, Dave, as we uh, talk about Chris Godwin here, shifting to the receiver position. He is officially questionable for the Buccaneers game against the Rams, according to Scott Smith on Twitter. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday because of a hip uh, injury. Um, he is going to be going up against uh, Nickel Roby Coleman. Uh, this is the corner is going to be covering him. And he is among the league's top 10 full-time slot cornerbacks in quarterback rating on targets into his coverage. Yards allowed per coverage snap, as well as cover snaps per reception. This is all according to Roto World. Uh, Godwin, uh, if he's healthy, I think you've got to trot him out there, but you have to lower expectations a little bit. And if you have a stacked receiver core, I could see sitting him against the Rams. Yeah, and it was really disappointing after we hyped up Godwin last week, and he laid a goose egg, and Mike Evans went crazy. Now, granted, no one was sitting Mike Evans because we said that Godwin was uh, awesome, but nevertheless... Yeah, you got to temper your expectations against the Rams. It's tough for me. I think I own Godwin in uh, – no, I own him in two leagues, and I'm starting him in both right now. I was actually a little bit nervous because, you know, it's one of those things where if he doesn't practice on Friday, he's probably not going uh, on Sunday. So it uh, looks like he is going to give it a go. But still be keeping uh, keep an eye on 
those inactives on uh, on Sunday for Godwin just to make sure he is active. Julian Edelman also questionable for the Patriots. Uh, the battle of the undefeated as the 3-0 Patriots take on the 3-0 Bills. Mike Reese on Twitter is sending this out. Now, if Edelman does not play, uh, it looks like it's going to be Jacoby Myers in the slot uh, if, if Edelman uh, sets out. NFL Network's Michael Giardi uh, says that Edelman is not a lock to suit up Sunday. However, he is trending in the right direction. The Bills' defense has allowed 185 passing yards per game uh, dating back to week one of last season, Dave, that is best wow. in the NFL. They are looking really good right now. And as much as we would love to um, uh, say fire up Edelman, this is another guy that, well, maybe it's a little bit different with him because I think Godwin has a higher ceiling than Edelman, but Edelman has a much higher floor. Like, yeah, I, I for think sure. that I, I, plays. And I think that I don't want to say he's matchup proof, but going up against the tough secondary, I mean, what's worst case scenario for him? Like, it, it's still probably like five for fifty. I was just gonna say five for fifty-five. You know, yeah. and, and and you'll take that. That's double-digit points. I'm I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, you can't be loving it necessarily, but uh, you know, you take it for sure. Um, I wasn't gonna say. So Edelman doesn't play. I'm interested to see what Jacoby Myers would do. I mean, Myers was a true preseason superstar. So if he if he doesn't play, Myers might you know get a lot of run and do do pretty well. I would I I will be looking for uh, Darren Armani uh, from FantasyMojo.com, who is a great follow for all of your FFPC and 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 FPC you know ownership percentages, waiver wire runs, everything like that. I'll be interested to see what happens tomorrow when he sends out his tweet to see how many people picked up Jacoby Myers and what he went for. Like if those Edelman owners were a little bit proactive yeah. and, and they wanted to make sure that they're covering themselves, that would make some sense. I think, he, I, I think Armani said something about um, Nelson Aguilar was, was the highest picked up, most picked up player last week. Uh, and he was starting 59% of FFPC leagues last night for a zero. Unbelievable. Uh, well, I mean, Jeffrey was back. So uh, you guys, you know, Aguilar, you know, he's just an average did, player. Did you notice Carson Wentz, I think, only threw for 180 yards last night, or 160 yards. It was pretty low. Was it? Yeah. It, it, a lot it, of touchdowns. He had three touchdowns, but they, they ran the ball so well they didn't have to throw. Another uh, – that could be the Achilles heel of this Packers team. <laughs> that, that rush I feel like defense. this is a local show. It's too much Packers. Well, I mean, fans. honestly, 200 rush yards against Minnesota. You give up 150 to Denver last week, 175 to Philly last night. It's just like – you don't need to pass when you play Green Bay. All right, moving on. I promise no more Packer talk for the next two minutes. We're going to bring in tonight's guest. While the father in this father-son duo has been playing fantasy football for nearly four decades, he actually credits his son as being the brains behind their operation. And going into last week, those brains uh, led them to the top of the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship leaderboard. They're here tonight to tell us all about it. Please welcome into the show, Chris and Andrew Whitney. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having us. Appreciate, uh, appreciate, always appreciate father son duos coming on. And, and, and this is something that uh, we always love to, to talk about. Chris, let me ask you this. Like, uh, did, 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 uh, did you, did, did you, did, did you have to get Andrew interested in it or with, you know, cause I know you've been playing for forever. Or was this something that Andrew was like, hey, Dad, when can I have my own team? When can I have my own team? When are we going to play against each other? How, how, how did it go when you introduced him to fantasy football? Well, they've been doing uh, – he's been doing a lot – he did a lot of his things on his own when he was in college. Uh, certainly in high school, um, they both kind of – he and his brother followed my team quite a bit. Um, it's mostly for us. I mean, it was, you know, the 
the fantasy football league we've been doing for almost 40 years came out of college. It's a very, uh, it's not sort of high stakes. It's more about the, uh, for us, it's more about the golf and the get together uh, in, in Vegas uh, for him, you know, the, you know, he's taken it sort of us to another level in terms of getting us in with FFPC, getting us into a little bit more higher stakes games. Cause he uh, it's, it's clearly something where having more knowledge helps a lot. And Andrew has certainly worked on it. So I think it's more that it appealed to him. Uh, I think it's always appealed to him and appealed to his kind of sense. He was an engineer going in college. He's a consultant now. So I think it appeals to that in a lot of ways. Well, you, you just you answered my next question for Andrew, uh, that, that he's a consultant. But, Chris, tell us, uh, tell us all what you do for a living. I'm a pediatrician in San Jose. So I've been a, uh, I graduated uh, from Georgetown, so I moved, back, moved out to California in 90, uh, 1990. So I've been a pediatrician since uh, 1993. Dave, any uh, questions for your kids' health at all for uh, Chris Whitney tonight? <laughs> you know, my, my daughter has got a little eye infection, but, you know. Has she really? Are you making this up for the show? <laughs> she, she did have something, sure, but sure. I mean, what the hell am I going to ask him? Could be a sty. Might be a sty. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Any, I remember growing up, anytime I had a problem with my eye, I'd be like, oh, I tell my dad, I'm like, oh, I have something wrong with my eye. He'd be like, is it a sty? It could be a sty. He always said that all the time. Yeah. I never understood. No, 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 no pediatrician think, uh, type questions. That, that's a great profession. Yeah. Go, I, think, go ahead. I think you're exactly <laughs> right, Dave, and, and send me a copay. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in ground insurance. Yeah. yeah. My deductible is 13 grand, you know, so this, you know, this, uh, this <laughs> yeah, health care yeah. is not working. Uh, <laughs> no, I well, agree. If you ask him in public, let, he will say I'm not a doctor, though. He doesn't want to, you know, be approached by random people and offering some health yeah, advice. Oh, yeah. great, so. All these stupid people asking for advice, so I'll, I'll leave that alone. All right, yeah, well, let's, let's keep that on, on the down low here. Uh, let's get into fantasy, right. guys, here. I, I, Dave, I think you have a question uh, for Andrew about uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, so Dalvin Cook, you took him at the 205, and actually he was creeping up into the first round, so that was uh, kind of nice value for you guys uh, that, that you were still able to get him. But other players like Joe Mixon and Todd Gurley were there. What made you uh, go with Dalvin Cook in that situation? Um, well, just really quick, I want to shout out the RHFL, the league that my dad's been running for 40 years, and my friend's league, the St. Ed's league, so shout out to all those guys. But um, – our strategy going into the RHFL to the FFPC draft this year was we wanted DeAndre Hopkins first, and if we didn't get him, we were taking Dalvin Cook, and we were sold on that from the get-go. So we would have taken him eight rounds pick, eight rounds earlier, or eight picks earlier without without an issue. And I think when you're drafting that early, it's you're really looking for what are the main question marks I'm looking in this like that I'm noticing in this guy. Somebody like Joe Mixon, he had so many offensive line issues going into that year with multiple injuries in the preseason. Todd Gurley had his own knee issues going in. Um, I think for us it was more like Nick Chubb, David Johnson were on the tiers of guys we were looking at with Alvin Cook where we thought they were on good offenses. We didn't think they had backups behind them that were going to really threaten them. And they were, the floor was very high, and we saw a receiving game that could come to them and give them a weekly floor as well. Andrew, uh, I noticed in this uh, draft, this football guys draft that you were in, there is one team, I think they're at the four spot. Um, yeah, two, well, I, I guess yeah. I don't know if they're at the four spot, but I know that they were two picks away from you. I'll tell you that. Uh, they, uh, they doubled up on tight ends. They started off tight end, tight end in their draft. When you and, and Chris saw this, did you guys start looking at that position a little bit closer, or did that not really affect your, your original pre-draft strategy? Um. 
I, I wouldn't say that it affected our pre-draft strategy that much. Um, he took, I think, Travis Kelsey first round, obviously, and then Zach Ertz coming back because George Kittle was all, already off the board. And we knew in our mind that those guys weren't going to be on the table for us where we were picking, not where we were considering. So more for us as we got into round four, we were looking at the guys who were going to be picking after us and what they might want. And so when it got to us in round five and we saw David Njoku on the board, who we viewed as, at the time, up there with O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, Evan Engram, we pounced on him right then. Um, because we knew that one guy's already locked up two top tight ends. A lot of guys don't have a tight end currently. We can't wait another eight picks before we get a tight end that we think is solid. So, I mean, we, we may have been wrong in that regards. And now David Njoku's injury has really uh, put us in a tough bind in the FFPC this year. But uh, that's just the way it goes, I think. I like that, too. I, I, am an, I do believe in that, Bulky, where if someone goes tight end, tight end, or whatever to try and disrupt it, if you have the opportunity to grab one of the other second-tier tight ends, and the second tier I'm t- saying, you know, the guy's going at 4, 5, 6, or 7, 8, 9, kind of at, around, at their ADP or around it, I think it's generally a good move because those tight ends are going to get pushed up. Yeah, you get the, and you put, that, that's more added pressure on everybody else, too, as, as long as you can jump in on that. Uh, it, it, uh, it will definitely make things more difficult on your fellow league owners. Talking with Chris and Andrew Whitney, who led the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship heading into this past week. Um, we, we promised it, we teased it at the top of the show, Dave, that we were going to talk to Chris about this uh, Austin Eckler-Melvin Gordon business. Let's get to that. Yep, so uh, Austin Eckler, he's had his, has he had his run, or is he uh, – or maybe you know maybe they're going to trot Gordon out there and he's going to go ahead and sprain his ankle like right away because he hasn't had any training camp. And you know the Chargers are the worst team in all of football as far as injuries. They always get their guys hurt all the time because the, I think their trainers suck or their coaching staff is no good. Anyway, there is a question. So how, Melvin Gordon's going to be back. Let's say for Week Five. Let's say what this was ignored this week to some extent. How likely is it you'll still be rolling Eckler out in your starting lineup because he was getting play a lot of times last year even when Gordon was out there. Well, I think. Uh, very likely for a couple of reasons. One, we, we don't have a lot of our depth currently at running back behind him is, is Dion Lewis and, uh, and Edo Smith um, who are not working at this party I'm sitting at, but they might as well be on some level and uh, for how much they're scoring. And uh, I suspect that, you know, my stand from our standpoint, we were all, we were, we were both pretty high on Eckler. We had him last year. He did a lot even in games where Gordon played. I think it really gives a different, you know, as the third down back, it gives that offense a lot more pizzazz, for lack of a better term, uh, and and speed, which I think they're kind of based on in a lot of ways. I think the the Eckler's big problem last year was when he got that concussion, and that really really kind of laid him out for us, and that really hurt us a lot because he was, you know, he was contributing – I, mean, I, I don't know the exact number where he finished up, but I think he was close to the top 25 overall. Uh, Andrew Andrew knows the Andrew knows the specifics. I'm sure better than I do. Um, but I no, I think we're going to be using. I, I, I expect Eckler to keep going on. I independent of whether Gordon kind of continues, will he go on with these huge numbers that he's having? No, no, probably not. But I think he'll. But I expect he'll do exactly what we kind of thought before the season. Andrew, let me let me follow this up and ask you about this. I, did, did that factor into it, knowing that Eckler had some standalone value, even with Gordon last year, uh, that you guys were willing to take him at that spot, knowing that if Gordon did come back, like, look, this is a, still a guy who's going to be flex-worthy? 
Yeah, I think I actually – my dad almost killed me during the draft because he wanted to draft him, like, two rounds <laughs> earlier. And I kept saying, like, no, we should really – like, I, we don't have to take him yet. It's fine. So, like, by the time he was still available in the sixth round, we're like, we have to take him now. And that's the challenge with co-owning a team. Having him last year with Melvin Gordon, we really got to the point where we were confident every single week in starting both of them and putting them both out on the field and not having any issues because that team was scoring a lot of touchdowns. They were throwing the ball to running backs a lot, getting those PPR points. Uh, we, we knew the floor was there, and we knew that the upside of Melvin Gordon holding out for eight weeks or coming back and getting injured is a potential league-winning pick. So, yeah, no anything, question. I wish we'd taken where we chose David and Joku, and we could have gotten somebody else there. But <laughs> <laughs> well, hindsight is always twenty twenty. In, in that case, we'll, uh, exactly. we'll see how, how the how the Njoku tale of twenty nineteen ends. Uh, you guys made an interesting pickup uh, in this league Wednesday night, Chris. Uh, he only cost you a buck, but tell us a little bit about what you guys are expecting from Bills rookie tight end Dawson Knox going forward. Well, he. He clearly sort of showed out a little bit this week. And, I mean, I don't know that – I think that on some level, Allen seemed – you know, Allen's having, I think, a lot more success than anybody anticipated. And the Bills, frankly, are having more success. And part of, you know, I think Allen is still kind of a young quarterback, although albeit with a strong arm, he did kind of – you know, Clay didn't have as much success as with, say, Tyrod Taylor last year. But when he was healthy, you know, they still look for him. I, I think that young quarterbacks tend to look for tight ends. I think that if you get the guy who's the number one tight end, I think it makes good sense. If you look at our roster currently, unfortunately, we have a, we have the Njoku thing has really kind of kind of put us into uh, <laughs> into limbo. Um, with we have we have Matt Lacoste, we have uh, uh, Everett, and we have uh, Knox now. And we Jimmy also Graham. have we have and we have Jimmy Graham who we uh, we we did a great job not playing last night. So uh, anyway, um, so I think Knox is gonna, but I think Knox is gonna deliver good numbers for us the rest of the year. Um, again, and and a lot of this week I left the I left the waivers to Andrew a little bit. So he we were kind of looking for somebody who might be able to help us so just to up the upgrade the overall talent on our bench. I think is really what we need. Yeah, he ran a four five one forty at the combine, Balky. Uh, and that Roto Rotoviz, uh, they have their uh, tight end model. Knox did not quite fit the model of a successful dynasty. This is a dynasty youth yeah. prospect, but it was only because of um, production issues. And I think he was a converted something or other. I, I don't know exactly. Lineman? No, it's something else. But I don't, I don't think he's been playing shortstop. All right, let's just. You know, you're a little <laughs> tight. Comment, you know, is, Balky, don't embarrass me yeah, in the guest show. You hey, don't make supposed to do hey, this when there's yeah, a guest. Exactly. <laughs> um, did, did, uh, didn't you pick up Dawson Knox in the league? I, I feel like I, I, I saw one of, one of the waiver wire emails that went out. I, I feel like you picked him up too. Yeah. in like one dynasty league, I tried to get him in others, but he actually was going for pretty good money in dynasty leagues that I'm in my private leagues. I'm in, um, Carrington, weren't you going to try to pick him up there? Waivers go through on that tomorrow. I yeah, bet you have, I, you have am, a bid in on him. I do um, have a bid in on that. That's why I asked you about if you're going to grab it. Yeah, I'm not going to so grab I it. I forgot to get him on Wednesday. We're talking with uh, Chris. We, only, we always talk about our private leagues, too, guys, just like yes, you guys especially do. especially when so. we have the <laughs> guests. <laughs> we just make you guys sit here and listen to our crap. Yeah. Uh, Chris and Andrew no, no, Whitney, the uh, week, week yeah, heading into the week three, uh, heading into week three, excuse me, leading the Football Guys Players Championship out of 8,400 teams. Regarding a, a pickup, and I think this is so crucial, and, and the best high-stakes players uh, out there always seem to be two, one or two weeks ahead of the curve, 
and I think you guys were uh, in, in Philip Dorsett here, Andrew. What kinds of numbers do you think uh, Dorsett's going to end up putting up for the Patriots the rest of the way? <laughs> I, I, I think the reason we chose Dorsett is we saw a ceiling that was really high, um, you know, a good wide receiver too. And that's uh, – there was a lot of just uncertainty with what was going on with the Patriots then. And when you have Josh Gordon and, and at the time, Antonio Brown, on your roster, there's just so much uncertainty there. And clearly Brady has demonstrated in the narrative is built along these lines the whole summer that Brady trusts him. Brady says he knows where he's going to be. He goes where he wants him to go. And I, I don't always know what to make of that trust, but uh, clearly Brady is one of the guys who it seems to be important to. Otherwise, Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola probably don't have the careers they have. But if Phil said is that guy for Tom Brady, and uh, if something happens to Josh Gordon now that something's already happened, Antonio Brown, or if this injury to Julian Edelman is more serious, I think Dorsett steps up in a big way. He continues to post uh, a weekly floor of, you know, 40 yards and a couple catches. Um, and then he has these big games where he can get multiple touchdowns and over a hundred yards. He, he has that boom potential. He, he's always been a athletic guy. He's shown that he can be a really good NFL wide receiver in the past. So the ceiling is what we're going for. And uh, unlike a lot of our, He's got a weekly four that when we hit buys and we know we need to just get points on the board, keep us in the running, he's a guy who brings us weekly four and this huge upside potential of just exploding for us. So we're hoping and, that he and can I, be a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Absolutely. And, and people forget, too, this is a pedigree guy, a first-round pick out of the U, and, and this is a guy that – um, was traded for now Indianapolis's franchise quarterback, who the Colts just paid a boatload of money for, and Jacoby Brissett. So I mean, there is something there with with Dorsett, and we'll see if he can put it all together here. Uh, certainly could be big things. Maybe not necessarily this week against Buffalo, but going forward, uh, <laughs> ceiling's pretty high, especially yeah. with that New England offense just wrecking it so far this season. Andrew, as long as we're talking about the Patriots. Uh, what kind of insight, and I'm, this is sort of an unfair question because I don't even think anybody can provide any insight on the, on the Patriots' backfield, but who, who's the one that you're looking to every week? Can you trust? Is there anyone that you'd be willing to trust going forward? Who's your favorite Patriots running back uh, in this backfield right now between uh, Michelle, uh, James White, Harris, and um, Burkhead and Bolden? It, it is such a hard question to answer. And I think we always have a bit more insight after a couple of weeks into the season um, where preseason you are just holding an empty bag and you have no idea what's going to happen. I would say that James White has shown in the past years and we, that we should trust him and that we should have trusted him more going into the season. Granted, he sat out this week because of personal reasons. Um, but I, I really believe that James White has like RB1 upside in PPR this year and I wish we had him on more teams and the Patriots are one of these backfields where they pass the running backs enough they're scoring enough points much like the Chiefs which may come up later you can start the second guy in that backfield and you shouldn't be too worried about it yes the floor may be really low on Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle um, especially as Sonny Michelle continues to average under two yards per carry or whatever it is but they have so much upside in terms of touchdowns in terms of receptions in terms of just overall touches that they end up being RB1, RB2, RB3, guys that you can start in your flex position um, and you shouldn't be too worried about it. They will, at the end of the day, they'll bring you more wins than they bring you losses. I agree with that, Paul. I just can't uh, 
Can't count behind Sony Michelle, no matter how much more no, Chupacker I, thinks he should be. <laughs> Sony Michelle, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I was just telling it's, John Terry in the chat that I own Sony. He, he it's totally frustrating, and I was so thrilled in the one league I got him in. I was like, this is perfect because I went zero RB, and he ended up being the um, running back I got in the sixth round. Like, this is awesome. You know, I, I love this, and it's been terrible. It's been awful. And the only thing Sony Michelle has done for me so far this year, Dave, is he's won me one I got five on it with you. That's been it. He's done nothing for my fantasy team. He's done nothing else. Really unfortunate. We need to move on and, and talk about a backfield that actually has some production. Yeah, so we're looking at the Chiefs backfield. This question is for Chris. Uh, Damian Williams is out this week. You got Shady McCoy. Shady looked pretty good. Uh, very spry. Scored a lot of points. And, and he was allegedly hobbled, too. Really? Yeah, That's last amazing. week. Yeah. And Darrell Williams is mm-hmm. another feller. Uh, which one are you looking to start, or are you going to look elsewhere? I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard to avoid the Chiefs backfield if you have a chance at uh, starting somebody there. I agree, and, and I don't see how, because I think you're right, because I did watch, I actually watch a lot of that game, and McCoy looked really spry, and I, I clearly, you know, the the Buffalo, I mean, he clearly has a little bit of gas left in the tank, and I think that for whatever reason, his relationship with Reed seems to energize, whether it's the offense, I suspect that's a lot of it, um, and it's also just getting the touches. Um, I think also when you have receivers that they throw too deep a lot, the Chiefs sort of the un- – and, and so much attention is paid to Kelsey – I think that also that really opens up for the for the other backs. I thought that the uh, the uh, unfortunately I'll call him the I'll always call him the other Williams, but I thought he I thought he played very well too. But I just I don't think he doesn't seem to have instinctually the same sort of thing that comes with being a NFL. You know, I wouldn't say all pro, but whatever you want to call. It. Shady McCoy has has had a really distinguished, very good career. I I would. To me, I still think McCoy's the guy. Uh, yeah, McCoy, I mean, so. more talented player for sure, I would think. Over, you know, I mean, he's had the career. Maybe he's a little bit slower, but he's definitely definitely more talented than Darrell Williams, right? I mean, right. Yeah, no that. question. Right. I mean, they're different types of running backs. You know what was so frustrating for me last week? I was going to meet uh, my co-host Leo, Dave, uh, to watch the Packers-Broncos game. And I was all set. I was, like, going to pound out a quick workout and then go meet at the establishment we agreed upon. And then I get an update on my phone from Adam Teicher from ESPN. Well, if pregame warm-ups are any uh, guideline, it looks like Daryl Williams is getting the start for Kansas Correct. City, followed by Darwin Thompson, <laughs> yeah. and then Daryl Williams, or excuse me, and then um, uh, LaShawn McCoy, who looked like he wasn't 100%. So then I had to all make all these decisions. You know, what am I going to do here? And I had to spend like another 20, 25 minutes going through all my lineups because I have a lot of those Chiefs running backs and tried to figure it out. And quite frankly, I, I, I hit it. You know, Darrell Williams wasn't terrible last week. You know, he, he caught some passes. No, he wasn't. You know, it, it ended up being all right. And, and I'm not kidding. One of my – I can't remember who I have. I think it's this is a Breida team, and Breida's obviously on by this week. I think my running backs I have in there right now are Darrell Williams and LaShawn McCoy. Hey, that's all right. Ro- rolling with the Chiefs' backfield this yeah. week, and we'll, we'll see how that ends up. Hey, it works with the Chargers. Just ask uh, Chris yeah, and Andrew. Yeah, they they know yeah, yeah, exactly. I hope. The AFC West backfield uh, double dip power. That's that's what I'm rolling with tonight as we're talking with Chris and Andrew Whitney, the leaders in the Football Guys Players Championship heading into week three. Guys, got a couple of emails for you here. I'm going to let Andrew answer this first one, I think. Uh, No, I'm going to let Chris answer this first one. Excuse me. This will be for Chris. Good. Um, Hey, guys, is Tyrell Williams a weekly flex play for you going forward, or should I be looking to do better than him? for my football guys squad. Nice job in the FPC so far. That is Tom in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Thank you for the email, Tom in Laurenburg. 
Um, Tyrell Williams seems to be like he's the number one receiver in Oakland right now. I know J.J. Nelson sort of, sort of stole some targets from him last week. But what do you think about Tyrell Williams here, Chris, going forward? I mean, is this a guy that, that can be an every week flex play? I, I don't, um, but it's more about the offense that's there. I, I just have – and from – I don't know why I sort of feel this, but when I watch the Raider games, I just – I sort of – I see an offense that the first week – every week it seems to have just kind of trailed down. And maybe it's the – maybe it's the opposition, but I suspect what's happened is is that – what I see is is that there's, they put more pressure on the pocket, and I think that makes it a lot harder for Carr. Now, Williams is kind of a – has been more of a short routes guy that he was catches. I mean, he did catch one deep ball, I think, the first game. But I, yeah, I would. To me, I, I think the answer to that is no. Um, I would not think of him as a weekly flex guy. I like it. Um, and and you know, Tyro Williams, I think, with, like like you said, when when the matchups right, sure, fire him up. But you can't be trotting, trotting him out there every single week. Um, this next uh, email, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one to Andrew. Uh, it's from Stephen Marion, Marion, Maryland. Uh, what's up, Whitney's? I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for Tariq Cohen's value. And with bye weeks hitting here, am I crazy to consider dropping him off my roster entirely? That is Steve in Marion, Maryland. Now, if push comes to shove, yes. Andrew, would you be dropping Cohen? Uh, that, is a, that is a tough question. I, I'm a guy who loves just to roster uh, worthless backup running backs. So, hence why we have Deion Lewis and Edo Smith on our FFPC. So he's a guy who finished as a you know top 18 RB last year, and clearly the Bears haven't shown that this year. But you know, Mitch Trubisky came on a bit later in the season last year. He ended up passing a bit more. I, I, I think it's worth to hold him up for a little while longer and see what else happens. If David Montgomery, who got some good usage in the passing game this week, continues to do that going forward, then I would move on. But in the meantime, the upside is still there as this Bears team, you know, starts facing some, you know, potentially better offenses to competition, and they have to pass a bit more. I, I, I would just be, I wouldn't move on from him unless it's a small league, shallow benches, and you have somebody really worthwhile off the waivers. You know, and I think the important thing to remember is, and this is a guy who collects running backs like it's going out of style. You know, I love going <laughs> heavy receiver right away and, and then just sort of collecting these running backs and um, waiting for, you know, not that I'm rooting for people to get hurt, but l- let's face it, running back is a very rough position and they get hurt a lot. And even if mm-hmm. Cohen may is, maybe is not putting up great numbers right now, what happens if Montgomery gets hurt? What happens if even Mike Davis gets hurt? I mean, all of a sudden, then there's an opportunity there. And the fact that Cohen has, you know, Matt Nagy has split him out wide. He's put him in the slot. He moves him all over. Makes him a valuable weapon. So I think you've got to kind of stay the course on, on Tariq Cohen, even if you don't plan on deploying him until something, you know, catastrophic to, to Montgomery or Davis uh, were to happen. Dave, did you uh, – you don't have – I feel like you don't have any Montgomery or Cohen in any of your leagues this year. Is that accurate? Oh, that's correct, yeah. Okay. Was that by design or just it didn't fall your way? Uh, kind of by design. I didn't really – I wasn't super huge on Montgomery. And um, then Cohen, because of Montgomery, I also wasn't all that high on him either. So I just kind of let him go. That's okay. I mean, sometimes that works out and I look great. Otherwise, I look like an idiot. And we'll see in five weeks. I might look yeah. like both. Well, well yeah, that and that would be really compelling. <laughs> um, one final question for the Whitney's tonight before we let them go off into uh, yeah. enjoying their weekend. Yeah, we'll start uh, with Andrew first. Uh, I don't know why we, you know, we don't. Why we start with the young guy first? But I guess well, we, we can go with Chris. It's, it's your question. <laughs> it's your call. Yeah, age before beauty, Chris. You get to go first. 
Uh, so yeah. we need an early round pick that you would consider benching in week four, as well as a sleeper that should be started. So uh, go ahead, Chris, first, and then Andrew uh, can finish it off. Well, I like – I kind of – I mean, I don't know how, how big a sleeper Metcalf is this week against the Cardinals, but I do very much like him. Um, I, but I would say that. In terms of early round pick who should be benched, I'm trying to uh, – I know that's that. Uh, Andrew, you have any choice? <laughs> this is where I usually <laughs> I usually ask the yeah, brains we, of the operation here. Yeah, there you go. You know, our yeah. our earlier round picks are solid, so we don't think about this kind of thing. Um, right. Exactly, yeah. no problem. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've, I've got two for you. Um, Josh Jacobs on the Raiders going on the road against the Colts. Uh, it's, he's sh- or the Raiders have shown that they wouldn't really use him in the passing game when they're losing. I think the Colts are seven point favorites at home. That's a matchup that really worries me. Uh, Jacobs was always the guy who worried me, but I think kind of the worst issues are coming to a head. Uh, and another guy, just anybody, any receiver going up against the Bears, you should be a little bit worried about. Uh, this week it's the Vikings. So uh, Stephon Diggs is the guy I'd be worried about. Just lack of target volume. He, he's going to need one big catch or a touchdown to really have a good week this week. So I think your reasonable ceiling is – or your, your median outcome is not that high. Guys, I would start over him. I, I would turn to that uh, the Redskins-Giants game, which has potential to just really be a barn burner as like, neither one of these teams can really guard wide receivers. Um, and hopefully both quarterbacks are willing to just chuck it downfield. So uh, one guy who I'm actually playing in one of my main leagues is Paul Richardson, who especially with um, uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, F1 or Scary Terry, whatever your choosing nickname is. Uh, he's a little banged up, so Paul Richardson could walk into a lot of targets in that offense. In that offense. Or Cody Latimer, who just came out of the concussion protocol. Uh, there's always a little bit of worry. I'm always less worried about concussions versus a, a different type of physical injury. You're not worried about an ankle seizing up again or you know a calf, whatever that is. Um, Cody Latimer looked like the deep threat in the, the one game that I saw. And Eli Manning just could barely hit the broadside of a barn, it seems. I'm wondering if Daniel Jones can maybe hook up with him a little bit more and you can get some really good deep targets out of him. So that's a a deep sleeper. Guys who are hopefully on your waiver wire if you really need a, a weekly flex in here. You know, actually, I'm glad you brought up Daniel Jones because I, I have a who do I start question for Balky I'm going to do here. Um, and he, he asked me this at work. And, uh, I, you know, oddly enough, I didn't laugh at him, but I almost felt like I should have. But I didn't. Yeah. Uh, all right, and the question is, Tom Brady, you start Tom Brady at the Buffalo Bills with their excellent pass defense, or rookie quarterback Daniel Jones on the Giants against the Redskins in what could be a shootout. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I'm very high on Jones this week. I, I, pick, I took him ahead of uh, – I, I picked him up on waivers, and I'm, in one of my leagues I'm playing him ahead of uh, Jameis Winston and Cousins. I – I agree with that. I think he's going to have a, I think he's going to have a big game with them. I, I, I think the Redskins, another team that just can't guard anybody. You throw it, frankly, you say throw it away from Josh Norman, but frankly, I don't know that you even need to say that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel mostly the same. And the the Giants are airing it out this year. It's it's exciting. And hopefully Daniel Jones can keep up the pace he's been on. It's uh, there's, 
I'd be a little encouraged as a Giants fan, which I did not think I would be saying coming into the season. All right, so real quick, while you guys were talking, I just looked up on footballguys.com. These are uh, these are subscriber projections, so I'm, you know, somebody, you know, somebody owns David Dodd's 20 cents. No, 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 numbers. you can give a taste. The taste All is right, always here's, fine. Yeah, here's a little taste. Uh, <laughs> he has Tom Brady as the number eight quarterback in PPR this week with 22.1 points, and just beneath him, Daniel Jones with 21.8 points. So he has Brady over Jones, but it's, it's super, very close. super close. So that's a really interesting yeah. – uh, Fun conversation to have, actually. I, I would do it. You know, I, I do this local fantasy show here in Northeast Wisconsin on Thursday, and I said I haven't made the switch yet in my lineups, and this, I'm facing this decision in at least two leagues, maybe three, and I, 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 I said I have to psych myself up for it. Like, I can't. I'm, I'm not prepared to do it right now. So it's either going to take a good amount of Red Bull, a good amount of alcohol, or both on Sunday morning if I get yes. that piped into my system, which, by the way, is usually a safe bet. Um, I, I, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I think, Talk well, to your therapist for uh, football Sundays. It just happens. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll see what happens on that. Right, right now I have Brady in there, but I I have not closed the door on that officially yet. Dave, Dave said Brady. You guys are both saying Jones over Brady. I, I, I'm absolutely yes. Sweet. Uh, I like it. Let's say Jones. It'll be fun. It'll be more fun. Yeah, be more fun. <laughs> Football's about having yeah, fun. Exactly. Just do it, Balky. All right. Well, I will take it under advisement. I love having fun, so maybe I'll make the switch before we go off the airwaves tonight. Uh, Listen, this has been fun, guys. Chris and Andrew Whitney leading the uh, Football Guys Players Championship heading into week three. Best of luck to to you guys this season in all your leagues, especially the football guys as you try to take down that $250,000 grand prize. Thanks so much for joining us uh, tonight. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again uh, real soon, all right? Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, no question. (laughs) Daniel Jones. Who would have thunk it? I mean, how crazy is that? Who thought it? The the, the Giants Giants. front office. Gettleman, he should be running victory laps. Dave Gettleman has his shoes off. Yeah. He should have a picture. Sock, socks, prop, sock, sock, uh, sock. uh, He's wearing the the socks on his feet. They're propped up on his desk, and he's smoking a cigar right now. I envision for him that he should tweet out where it's like one of the – remember how you ever see those bumper stickers where it's like a guy, a little kid taking a pee on like a Ford or something? He should have like the Twitter bird, him like pissing all over the Twitter bird as like, hey, I'm David Gettleman. I drafted Daniel Jones. Everyone can piss off. I don't remember. I'm going to – I'm not even going to try to attribute this to somebody, but one of the GMs, and I don't even know if it was football or it could, it was probably football or baseball. And he once said, if you start thinking like the fans and making the decisions that the fans want sooner or later, you're going to be sitting up in the stands next to them. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Which is accurate. You know I mean? You gotta, you got, you gotta, you know, believe in yourself. And even though you're a GM and not a fantasy guy, Dave, you know what you still got to do? you got to get your guys. Yeah, you, and you, what you have to do is you have to be drafting like the Patriots at the end of the first round and always draft linemen all the time. Just draft linemen, 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 some linemen, once in a while safety, and then grab all the other guys later. I, I think the, 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 that was a staple of Ted Thompson, but, you know, back in the glory days of Ted Thompson before he kind of lost it, he, um, they always liked drafting big athletic guys on offensive and, and say they always had strong guys on the offensive and defensive lines. I always thought that you could kind of do well drafting like the top safety or one of the top guards or centers late in the first, if that's where you're at, because, you know, it's not a really, it's not a super, it's not a premium position, yeah, not considered a premium position, but it's an important job. Safety. I think now is. Yeah, that's true. Um, but at the time it was for a long time. It was not, no, it was not. And, and um, now, I mean, it, it's, there's no hard and fast rules, but I think you're, you're spot on with that. Um, you, uh, 
How do you feel about answering some emails tonight? Oh, I, would, I can't wait. I love it. If you've got a question for Eric Dave or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Uh, kick things off with uh, Lenny in Detroit, Dave. Can you guys play a Would You Rather with Terry McLaurin for Week Four only? Appreciate you. Um, Andrew brought this up on our interview that the two nicknames that Terry McLaurin has, um, and I know where you're going to fall on this, has sort of been attributed to. One sucks. Scary Terry or yes. F1? Which one do you prefer? Neither one's that correct. I think F1's better than Scary Terry. Yeah, Scary Terry is really bad. Except for October, it's solid because it's Halloween month. Except for what? October, Halloween month. Yeah? Scary oh, Terry. Scary Terry, I get it, yeah. God, welcome yeah. to the show. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that just actually shows you how bad the nickname is. Yeah, no, you're totally right. All right, so now Terry McLaurin is, is hurt. He is expected to go this week, Dave. I'm going to pitch some uh, would-you-rathers. Who would you rather start this week? For reference's sake... Terry McLaurin is at the New York Giants in a game with a total of 48 and a half, and they are three-point dogs. Would you rather start Terry McLaurin or Christian Kirk? Uh, Kirk. Kirk had like 12 targets last week. Yeah, he was great. Terry McLaurin or a I mean, beat- Plus, Kirk is down Crabtree, which is no big deal, and Damier Bird is out. Uh, this week, actually, Keyshawn uh, Johnson and uh, my, my, Andy Isabella. my boy Isabella, hopefully yeah. he's going to get some run. I mean, you know... All they do is, this is a little semi-ramp, but all they do is throw these little dinky crap passes. Why don't you put the 4-3-1 guy out there in four wide receiver sets? Go ahead. All right. Uh, Terry McLaurin or a suddenly banged up and questionable Calvin Ridley? Um, Calvin Ridley, so, by the way, yeah. at home against the Titans. Yeah, so they're both playing. I mean, they, if, should, if, they should if, both be playing. If yes. they're both playing, um, Oh, man, you know, Ridley had a bad game last week. Yes, he and did. also Tennessee's past events is solid, so I might actually roll up McLaurin until I see Ridley get well. I'm going to agree with you on McLaurin there. Uh, Terry McLaurin or Tyrell Williams at the Colts? I know we talked about Williams as not being this every-week guy, but I think he kind of is an every-week guy. I, th- I think Tyrell Williams, he's the number one receiver for the team. It's not a great team, but Derek Carr is not a total pile of crap, regardless of the Maybelline deal. I'll start, uh, I'll start Tyrell Williams. I think I'm still going to lean McLaurin there. Here's an interesting one. Terry McLaurin or Josh Gordon at the Bills? I'm always inclined not to start Gordon. I just don't trust him at all. He has a lot of crappy weeks. I'm going to start – I can't believe I'm saying this, but, I mean, I'm going to start McLaurin, I guess. I agree. Um, McLaurin or your boy Curtis Samuel at the Texans. With Kyle Allen throwing to him. I mean, I know he had a good week last week. Oh, man. What's the over – I mean, I wonder what the over-under is in that Houston game. Probably like 45. Uh, I will. If you give me five seconds, I can tell you. It is going to be 47. I'm going to start Samuel. I think I'm just going to lean that direction. I know I, I know I could see easily going the other way. Though. I'm going to go McLaurin. Last one. Samuel's healthy. That's the thing. Is I don't have to worry about him limping off and, and leaving the game. Right. Um, yeah, now he'll probably get hurt. Well, I mean, yeah, that could happen, of course. <laughs> but nevertheless, he's currently not having that issue. Final one, Terry McLaurin or Stephon Diggs at the Bears? Oh, God. Um, you know, I hate to do I'm going to start Diggs. I, it's Diggs really? Is, yeah, Diggs is a guy you drafted in the third round. I can get it. I mean, he's not doing great. But sometimes, you know, you have these guys where you just bench them, and all of a sudden, what if, what if you benched Devontae Adams last night? 
I mean, how? I mean, granted. Why the hell would you bench Devontae Adams? Well, how, why the hell would you bench you know, bench Stephon Diggs? Because Diggs he's playing a, like crap, and it's a horrible matchup. Yeah, Adams like going into last week, going into this past week, Adams was playing like crap, and it was I, not a great. Well, it was actually. It was an awesome matchup. But I mean, okay, so fine. But I mean, nevertheless. I got five on Diggs over McLaurin if you're that adamant yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm adamant, baby. I don't even love Diggs that much. I have that. five on McLaurin outscoring Stephon Diggs this week. Are we going to put in a um, qualifier of that they both have to be active? Yeah, yeah, they both have to be active. All right, all right. I got five on it. I got five on it. I got five on it. Now, speaking of, we have a guy, I got five on it, but you and you Oh, and I forgot to do this, against yeah. Against the chat room. Yeah. Um, it's Wasp guy and John Terrier that we're going going up against. Yeah, so, so we, we Campbell over <laughs> during the interview for anybody who was not not listening to the show live. We were going back and forth on um, Paris Campbell. Now, I, and we didn't put a qualifier on this, and and I don't think these guys will care um, if we in, we we include it, and we should. Well, let's not activate this bet unless T. Y. Hilton is inactive. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Hilton's doubtful, but yeah, he's probably makes, not going to play. But let's yeah, make that's it That's a nice little, you know, nice little right. concession. Well, I mean, and I think that's like that was the <laughs> that whole was just assumed. That, that that was assumed, yeah. But we'll officially put it in there. Uh, Paris Campbell, Dave, and I have under twelve points this week. FFPC points. Um, if Hilton is inactive, uh, Kern, uh, Wasp guy, Reeve, and um, John Terry and Jemima have over twelve points, and Dave and I have five on it. Yeah, they said it in the chat room. This is a four-way bet, right? Sorry, just one more. It's great. It's almost like you're scratching. You're like DJ. That is that is the extent of my DJ capabilities, right there. Hit pause and unpause. Nice job. Yeah, no, that's that's basically it. All right, moving on here. Paris Campbell. 12, we got the under, and that's with JT and HKR. All right. What's your read on Mark Andrews' foot injury, and is he a guy that should be on my bench more often than my starting lineup until he's healthy? That's Joe in Grand Prairie, Texas. Dave, we always had this old – What was the question? I'm sorry. Mark Andrews' foot injury. Oh, yeah. We always had this old adage of if a guy practices on Friday, he's – you know, feel free to start him. And I think – John Harbaugh has sort of thrown that to the, to the, um, into the ocean, never to come back. And what I mean by that is Mark Andrews has, he's gone weeks where he's practiced on Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday or Friday. He's practiced on Thursday and Friday, didn't practice on Wednesday. He's practiced on Wednesday and Thursday and not, you know what I mean? Like it's always, it's so bizarre, but Mark Andrews is already getting, he's already getting the Gronk treatment. That's how good he is. But now here's the thing with Andrews. Can't remember what beat reporter was talking about this, um, but they said that Andrews looked like he was hobbling around pretty good in warmups last week. And last week was really oh, yeah, that's always the warmups guy. Was it a tweet? Just like your other I think it was a tweet. McCoy was the third guy in line. Right. Anyway, and, go ahead. And and so, but but last week was was sort of his first bad bad week, bad and that game, was yeah. and that was the only game or that was the only report we heard of him hobbling around. You look at what Mark Andrews has done so far this season. Eight for 108 in a touchdown in week one. Eight for 112 in a touchdown in week two. Reports of him hobbling around three for 15 and no touchdowns in week three in a game that featured 61 total points at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. So my question to you is, while Mark Andrews has been sort of a set-it-and-forget-it guy after week one, I don't know if he's still retaining that status anymore, and I think you have to seriously consider 
benching a guy like him, given what we saw last week, of course, depending upon what your other options are. Ravens are seven-point favorites at home against the Cleveland Browns this week. Total is 45. You know, I, I actually disagree with you. And, I, and the reason is that he went three for 15 last week, but he did have seven targets. So the week before, he went eight for 112 on nine targets. So in seven versus nine, it's not that much of a drop. It's a little bit. And that Boyle guy had a couple of targets or a number of them. Yeah, which, by the way, in the Scott – nobody cares about the Scott Fishbowl. Got but, that right. Um, go ahead. Gary Davenport on um, Fantasy Sharks dropped David Njoku this week to pick up Nick Boyle. Okay. I picked up Njoku right away. I'm like – Oh, yeah, you, you can just pick him up. Yeah, right you on. can just pick him oh, up. Yeah. And, and that way that – by the time I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is four hours after he dropped him. Somebody picked him up. No, nobody did. <laughs> funny. I mean, for Nick Boyle, man, like that's just – Yeah, I mean – He had to be desperate. Yeah, if you have the depth. I mean, so back to that, I mean, I, I'm looking at the rankings of, you know, Andrews is still ranked like five, six, you know, four or five, six. I mean, who are you starting over him? I mean, like, again, right, here's, football here's, guys, I see Kelsey, Ingram, Waller, and Ertz, and Ertz already played. Okay, here's one. Can I fire one at you? Sure. Mark Andrews at home against the Browns or at Texans, Greg Olson. Andrews. Really? Well, that's a Dodd fest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just looking at the rankings. I, I, I Olsen's been white hot the last been, couple yeah, weeks. He's been crushing it. I, I, Although I, his matchups last two weeks were a lot better than his matchup this I week. I could see starting Olsen. I absolutely could. I, I asked this guy. Uh, and Austin Hooper too. He's the next guy below, and he had two touchdowns. What a two touchdowns last week. He's, he's been he's great. been awesome. In, actually, in the Scott Fishbowl, I've had Greg Olson and Austin Hooper. Skip. Uh, so great. Uh, at, at our other job, sometimes we say skip when Balky starts telling stories. Right. So I'm gonna have to start doing that. Put on up the a show. Two, put up a 295 <laughs> last week. Um, you did? Yeah. But, yeah, but I lost Saquon Barkley, so it's going to be rough sledding now. Um, and God, Justin you, Jackson. Uh, what what is that payout first place? Uh, I don't know. Is that a steak knife? No, it's it's like something. A, like I don't know. I don't know exactly what. I have no idea. Let me ask you this. I it's asked like the guy. Donald Driver uh, autograph. It's not a Packers. Jersey. It's a nationwide <laughs> league. Um, let me ask you this. I asked my local guys on the uh, Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show this week if we were redrafting today, what number tight end is Darren Waller off the board? Like two? Is he two? I mean, he might, yeah. Just so you take Kelsey ahead of him. And so, okay, and, so if your season starts tomorrow right, or whatever. Yep, exactly. Uh, maybe he's, golly, he's two, three, or four. I mean, he's right there. So who would, I'm just curious, who would you take ahead of him? Kelsey and who else? Kelsey, and then I, I would still consider Ertz and Kittle. I mean, it's still early. In would season. you take Evan Engram ahead of Darren Waller? Probably not. But he's, in the, he's, in that, he's in that. You know, I haven't. You know, I've given, had seven seconds to think about it. But in those seven seconds, I mean, Waller's getting so That's many. Why we targets. get paid he, the big bucks on this show? He's effectively the number one receiver there, and he's getting so many targets. He looks unbelievable. I oh, I wish I owned him in some more leagues. Wash guy says Engram over Waller. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Uh, Don Terry says uh, he's top four. No question there. Let's go to Bill in Enfield, Connecticut. Dear Priest and Larry, you guys should come up with some sort of game to play with the Kansas City backfield every week like Chiefs running back roulette. Anyway, I am sort of asking you which one to play. Love your show. Bill in Enfield, Connecticut. We touched on this with the start Whitney's Priest earlier. Yes, yeah, start, start Priest Holmes. Um, we touched on this earlier with the Whitney's. Um, I'm playing McCoy and Daryl Williams. I, I can't conceivably play Darwin Thompson. We know Damian Williams is still out. If I had to pick one, I, you, I think you would agree with me. It's McCoy over Daryl Williams. Yeah, you gotta go with. I think you just go with the veteran player who's really good. I mean, really, like I, I feel that same way. Even if Devin Singletary plays this week, I, I think I, he's going to. By the way, I, good. I think I still think I actually feel like Gore. You know, everyone jokes around, but every every year Frank Gore is like an RB two. Yep. I think he might be an RB two again this year. He'll be like the twenty fourth best running back with all the time Singletary misses. 
And McCourt was a great pickup for anybody. Oh, you think Singletary's going to continue getting hurt? He's also not that good. I mean, if you look at his mock draftable score, his highest ranking anything was, I think, the vertical leap at the 57th percentile. Go to mockdraftable.com, type in Devin Singletary, and you've never seen a more scrunched up. It looks like a. Like, it looks like Pluto. Looks like constipated. Pluto in the solar system. Don't go there. The nope. pediatrician would look at their buttocks, and it's like they're all scrunched up. Looks like a balloon nut. <laughs> And then, and then type in, like, Calvin Johnson, and it, it, it's like a pancake. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a huge thing. Yeah, massive. So, is, see what he said this week about the opioids? No, he said, what do you like? Uh, he enjoys them? He's got to be retired, no, no, not he, under the I, I, He didn't really say it in the story I read, but I think part of the reason he retired was because he preferred smoking weed because he, he said he smoked weed after every game as opposed to the – the pills and everything that the, yeah, oh. as opposed to the pills and everything that they were offered. Mm-hmm. And he actually owns a cannabis company now too, or he's part owner in a cannabis company. Uh, Wasp guy in the chat room, Darwin Thompson or Tony Pollard in a desperation flex. Dave, you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Pollard had a great game last week. I think I'm going Pollard. Tony Pollard is uh, at new Orleans this week. I guess it could be a shootout. I'm going to look up the total of that game. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, two-and-a-half-point fair. It's 47. I thought it would be a little bit third, higher. third guy in live versus Pollard's second right. guy in live. I think it's Pollard. Yeah, you're right. All right, final email of the night uh, is from Phil in Atlanta. Hey, Balky and Dave, I was surprised I got Gallman off waivers this week, but everyone else in my league must hate him a little more than I do. Would you play him over McCole Hardman against the Lions? And for refresher's sake, Gallman is at home against the hapless Deadskins this week as he uh, battles uh, Washington as the starting running back. Dave, if you only had one flex spot available, are you going to play Wayne Gallman against the Redskins, or are you going to play McCole Hardman against the Lions? Actually, that's a pretty tough question, because I think, I think Hardman's talented. Yep. I think Gallman actually kind of sucks, as, a, as far as talent goes. So now you have to question, okay, so Gallman's going to get all his touches and so forth. Originally, I was thinking Gallman because I like to have the, the higher floor player, but I think I'm going to roll out McCole Hardman. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's close, but I'm going to go with Hardman. You know, just give me the guy who's catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. The, the, you know, if Howard Hardman has an 80-yard touchdown, he could have one in the first quarter. He could have one in the third quarter. He could have one in the fourth quarter. Uh, I just don't see Gallman having a 70-yard touchdown. Now, of course, what's going to happen is he's going to have one right away, and I'm going to feel like an idiot, but whatever. That's fine. No, we'll see. I mean, Washington's – you know – People talk, talk about how terrible Washington is. I, I think that defense kind of gets thrown under the bus a little bit more than they should. Yeah, I don't think they're that bad, actually. I yeah, really don't think yeah. so. Uh, I don't think we were that bad tonight. I know our guests weren't. I want to thank them, no question. Andrew and Chris Whitney, the week three leaders in the Football Guys Players Championship, joining us on the show tonight. Certainly appreciate everything that they brought to the table. I want to thank uh, Dave Gerzak. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, of course, each and every one of you for spending your Friday night with us. We will be back next week, 10-9 Central, with the current overall leader in the Football Guys Players Championship, Jeff Volk, will join us next week at 10-9 Central. We'll talk to him. Uh, remember to check out the High Stakes Lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast. You can listen to the Rob Vieira episode as well as the Bill Querby's episode. Plenty of time to get those in before kickoff on Sunday when you have to have those lineups set. Thanks so much for listening. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are.
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on a famous floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Hey, um, I, I should have, uh, uh, well, I'll extend the invitation right now because I saw the, um, or come over to your house for uh, the weekend football with all the games. You can, but here's here's <laughs> the issue with that. I'll get into that in a second. I, we, I saw my good buddy the Baker at Lambeau last night, Meanderfield. Oh yeah. And um, I was with Troublemaker El Grande, our buddy Butch. And uh, I don't. I, I will see Butch tomorrow at Oktoberfest. So I'm officially extending you the invite if you'd like to come to Oktoberfest tomorrow. Oh thanks. Uh, I'll have to check into it. Okay. Let let me know. What time, what time are you going? My kid gets done playing flag football at 9.40, and we're going to head down right after that. No. Yeah, 9.40 a.m., excuse me. And hold on. And the kids and I will be down there till probably about like 12, 12.30, and then they are going home with Grandma and Grandpa, and Mrs. Balky and I are staying out there. <laughs> Very good. So we'll be out there. I believe Leo and Nico are going to be down there. You'll That's get to meet them. So well, how long do you guys stay there? We're gonna, like the day. whole thing wraps up at 6, and then after 6, um, then people just get bombed and go to the People go bars. into the bars because the, they, they clear the roads out. It's insane. They clear the roads out, Dave, and they have the street sweepers come on while all these drunks are going into the bars. Um, and then I, th- I think we're going out to Troublemaker El Grande's house for a cookout, which you're uh, more than welcome to come to. All right. To. It sounds like a very long day. It's going to be a long day. All right. So? Well, yes? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't okay. know. Well, let me know. I'm probably... Maybe not. I don't know. Sunday. You're a great guy. I love to hang out with you. I, that's a long day of hanging out and drinking all, right, all day. That's fine. However, Sunday, I have to take my kid to a birthday party in Greenville. Is the show, show still going? We yes, it is. Uh, for a, uh, a pool party. <laughs> and then my wife has to go to a baby shower. Mm. So I am probably not available to watch the games during the day. That's However, totally if fine. you wanted to go out for the Cowboys-Saints game Sunday night <laughs> with the baker, I'm in. All right, we'll see. All right, sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. See you later. Thanks for putting up with this, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.